Then Jesus began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is this not Joseph's son? And Jesus said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do here also in your hometown the things we have heard you did at Capernaum. And then Jesus said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel at the time of Elijah, when heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many with leprosy in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha. None of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When the people heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up and drove him out of town and led him to the brow of a hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off a cliff. But Jesus passed through the midst of them, and he went on his way. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you. So what would bring a crowd from adulation to aggravation, to the point of wanting to kill Jesus by the time this confrontation is over and done with? Well, it comes down to Jesus saying no. You see, maybe to his defense, the crowd starts it when they insult him, actually, by saying he's not an honorable person. Ah, what does he know? He's local. What does he know? He's the son of an artisan. He's not elite. What can he tell us? So Jesus sees all of this coming. And being the local boy, he quotes local sayings like charity begins at home. And Jesus said to them, doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, do here also in your hometown the things we have heard you did at Capernaum. Then he talks about local traditions and prophets who were hometown prophets who didn't operate that well in their hometowns either. Evidently, when it comes to prophets, we don't like them local. But what gets Jesus in trouble is that he refuses to do what the people expect him to do, according to Shively Smith, who is a theologian at Boston University. I would add to that that Jesus also refuses to let others define him or his mission. There are a number of parallels, I think, between this confrontation and Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. They're both very adversarial types of interactions where the tempter says to Jesus, well, if you are who you say you are, then you need to prove it on my terms. Jesus says no. Jesus remains true to who he is. And so in this story, Jesus as hometown prophet refuses both to do what's expected of him with charity begins at home 
and he refuses to let others define him. It's not the first time and not the last. Imagine a Messiah born literally in a barn whose first bassinet was a feed box. Imagine a Messiah who keeps company with the lowlifes, who speaks to women in public when such things were never done. Or what sort of Messiah shows preference not to the religious and the righteous, but to the last and to the lost and to the least. And later, Simon Peter wouldn't like the Messiah's ways either when Jesus speaks of his own death. And yet Jesus remains true to himself and his mission, blessing and saving the world. Jesus has to say no because worldly schemes like the ones that we cook up in our hometowns or that the tempter cook up won't save us. But for reasons we can't wrap our head around, Jesus becoming the word and fleshed living among us, dying and rising again, that's part of the Messiah's agenda. And it is that agenda that makes Jesus good news for all people, for all times. Amen.